Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We've been going through a series called Family Life, and we have talked about marriage and what a godly marriage looks like. We've looked at what a godly marriage looks like, and, and then we also looked over two weeks is what every kid uh, needs from their parents. And if you're a parent and you weren't here for that, I encourage you to go back. Uh, we have a podcast you can subscribe to, Real Church Coweta. You can go back and you can take a listen to those two things. You can also go on our Facebook page and see it live. Uh, or you can go on our, our website, uh, realchurchcoweta.com, and you can check that out. And so I encourage you to do that. Uh, it was spanned over two weeks. And I encourage you to do that. But today, um, I want to let you know something. We're talking about something today that's very, very important. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you this, and I rarely say this, but it may be one of the most important issues that the church is facing today. It may be one of the most important issues that the church is facing today. I want to give you some numbers here that may shock you. In 1999, 70%, 70% of Americans said they were connected to a church in some way. All right, now that doesn't mean that they're Bible thumpers and hit the, hit the door every time it's open. What it means is, is they were connected to a church in some way. 70% of Americans said they were connected to a church in some way. By 2018, that had dropped to 50%. 50%. And listen to this. In two years, it dropped to 47%. It dropped 3% in two years. Who are those people? Well, let me tell you who those people are. A large portion of the people that make up those that are exiting the church are, one, millennials. Millennials are exiting the church. But two is Generation Z. Generation Z. Do you know who Generation Z is? Do know who they are, Generation Z? Generation Z are those born between 1995 and 2015. All right, that's who they are between 1995 and 2015. Let me tell you a few things about Generation Z that you guys will identify. Generation Z are individualistic. They very much so are individualistic. They are oftentimes, and this is interesting, they are oftentimes lonely. Generation Z is oftentimes lonely. And they are big time into social justice issues, Generation Z is. They were raised on technology and their lives are built around an online world. All right? They're built around an online world. They are oftentimes activists and they volunteer for situations that impact their own world and the world as a whole. Generation Z. They were raised during the, and this is something we don't think about, they were raised during the Great Recession, okay, of 2007 to 2010, 2011. They were raised during that time. And so it's interesting. Where, where millennials go a different direction, they, they find financial stability. They find financial stability very, very important. Okay? Because they were raised during the Great Recession. 25% of the population of America today are Generation Z. 25%. And these people are leaving the church. Why? Well, let me tell you why. The church as a whole has made it very difficult for Generation Z. They've made it very difficult for millennials and Generation Z 
to be a part of the church. And I want you to think about this and think about churches you've been at. The church is really good at babies to fifth grade. And then they're really good at sixth through twelfth grade. But after that, we lose, we lose this generation because we don't provide connection points with the church that is relevant to them. We skip over them and we go to young married couples and we go to couples with small children and we start the process over with their children. But there is a a segment in the middle that we miss and oftentimes they leave the church. Here's the second reason they're leaving the church. Because they are biblically illiterate. I want you to hear that. They are biblically illiterate. So even though we do a good job with loving on and taking care of our babies, our middle school, high school, the, the information that they're given and the, the things that are important to them make them biblically illiterate. What am I really saying? The church isn't teaching them. What they're doing is, is they're, they're, they're giving them fluff things and they're doing, going to cool conferences, but they're not teaching them, they're not discipling them. They're not teaching them the deeper things of the faith. And so they go into college and they're biblically illiterate and they can't defend anything against liberal professors, against other people. And what ends up happening oftentimes, and I've seen it a million times, is they, they veer off the path. And most of them, a lot of them will not come back. Some will come back when they turn around 30 and maybe they've gotten married and have a kid. And here's the funny part. They'll come back, back to church. It's interesting. When people leave the church at around 18 or 19, what age do you think they would come back? Well, the age is usually around 30 because their kid is becoming two or three or four years old. And when they become two or three or four years old, they think... I want my kid to have the values and the morals and ethics that the church teaches. Even though oftentimes they don't follow them, they want their kids to have that. I'll never forget one time I had a guy who was an atheist in our church. And that's funny. uh, He was an atheist. And he was a sci- he was in the science, he was an engineer in the science, and he was, a, he was an atheist. But he came because his wife wanted him to come, and he would just come and sit. And I knew he didn't believe anything that was being taught. And he came to me after the service one day and said, hey, listen, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He said, what kind of Bible should I get my daughter? I'm telling the atheist what kind of Bible he should buy his daughter. It's a crazy, crazy scenario. And I said, well, here's what I would get her at her age. I think she was sixth, sixth grade at the time. Here's what I would get her at her age. And, and she, she, he got her that Bible. And about a month later, uh, his wife came up to me and she goes, you know, it's a crazy, because we've been praying for him forever. It's the craziest thing. Every night he reads that Bible to her. And I said, well, how amazing is that? He wanted, he wanted his kid to know the scripture that he didn't even believe. Okay, so there's a really, Blake tells me all the time that I don't finish stories. I don't tell you the end of the story. So like Paul Harvey, this is the rest of the story. <clears throat> so the coolest thing is, is through doing this and through serving. And this guy would come to church and he was a potty mouth man. 
I mean, he would drop the F-bomb and he would, you know, I've got a rule about cursing. If you're going to cuss, just max it out. All right. Don't, don't do the D and the SH. Just go straight to the F-bomb and get it over. If you're going to spend that sin, spend it on the big one. All right, go ahead. He did that. All right. He did that. He did that. I mean, it was at this, at that. And he would do it on purpose to try to, you know, you know, he, he would do that. <clears throat> but we didn't care. We just loved him anyway. And that guy right now today is one of the trustees of a church in Tennessee. He's one of the elders of a church. Gave his life to Christ. His daughter, who is now in her 30s, which makes me really old. His daughter, who's now in her 30s, is serving God, serving God in ministry. It's an amazing thing. The whole family was turned around. The whole family was turned around. But we have people that want to teach their kids because they know. But there is a huge gap in the middle, there's a huge gap in the middle that we are missing. What happens is when storms come, when storms come, the people that haven't been taught the scriptures, they don't have anything to fall back on. I think there's a Bible story about that, about the rocks and the sand. Are you with me? They don't have anything to fall back on. They also do not see a connection between real life and Sundays. I want you to hear that. They don't see a connection between real life and Sundays. They don't see a connection. And oftentimes, they are attracted to churches. If they go, they're attracted to churches because of their biblical uh, illiteracy. They're attracted to churches that are fluff. Are you with me? They're kind of gospel light. You know, they're kind of Dr. Phil-ish. Are you with me? They're more like psych, you know, psych, psycho... Uh, uh, psychological pop stuff, pop psychology stuff instead of, instead of scriptures. That's what, what they are. See, I'm just so crazy that I think that you can actually go deep in the word and have it affect your real life. That's why we call it real church. That's it. We wanted to call it real life church and some little Baptist church across town already had that. I was so mad. I had a logo and everything. I said, just take out the life then, whatever. So anyway, but seriously, that's one of the reasons why you say, well, why'd you, why, why did you guys plant this church? Why is it here? Well, because I don't, I don't want people to have a, con, a disconnect between what happens today and what happens uh, Tuesday. Are you with me? I want you to be able to see it. I want you to be able to transfer that over. So here's the question. What can we do? Oh, by the way, they also see Generation Z sees a lot of hypocrites among us. Okay, they do. They see a lot of hypocrites. They see people that will say one thing and they and because listen, and because of their biblical illiteracy, you know, for instance, you know, a lot of Generation Z people and some millennials will tell you this. They'll say, well, you know, Jesus wants us to love everybody and he does want us to love everybody. He really does. But but there's also a standard at which Jesus also teached. And by the way, he taught that standard a lot more than he taught us to quote unquote love everybody. Just to let you guys know, I'm so sorry. By the, Jesus talked about hell more than he talked about anything else. I'm so sorry, but he did. Uh, and so there's a standard that he wants us to have, but there's no balance between generation, the millennials and generation Z because they don't see that because a lot of them are biblically illiterate. So what can we do? Well, we just so happen uh, to really want to help. Generation Z and, and, and millennials. We actually have two ministries here that are so important to me. Bill and Michelle Main lead, lead our, uh, our college and, and career. 
they lead that. They just had an event last Sunday, and they feel like it's so important, so we want them to connect with them. So if you're, you're, you're a person here, and you're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, connect with them on that. But in addition to that, we have a small group. We have a small group for people that are either newly married or single and live in that single life. We have a small group that R.J. Miranda lead. Uh, R.J. Miranda, y'all can wave over there. R.J. Miranda over there. They lead that. That's what we do. And we want, we want to connect with them. We don't want to lose that 18 to 30-ish. We don't want to lose that. We don't want to lose those, those singles. So what does the Bible have to say about it? Let's look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, starting in verse 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, starting in verse 27. I'm starting to get a little glisten. I'm going to go, I'm going to go tent revival, okay, on everybody. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 27. Here's what it says. All right. If you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. If you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. Whole lot of wisdom in that verse. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. I'm joking, dear. But if you do get married... It's not a sin. may not always be fun, but it's not a sin. And if a young woman gets married, it is not a sin. However, those who get married at this time will have troubles, and I am trying to spare you those problems. Can I just say that those of us that are married can kind of click with that? Are you with me? And I'm being funny, but I'm kind of not. Because, I mean, a lot of times, and I'm going to talk about how sometimes we make marriage idols, um, Marriage is hard, man. You know what I mean? It's hard. It's hard when you live with someone who's always wrong. I mean, it really is. It's difficult. It's difficult. Difficult. Wendy has a hard time because I'm always wrong. So she's, I'm, you thought I was talking about Wendy? No. Oh, no. No, are you kidding me? But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters. The time that remains is very short. So from now on, with those with wives should not focus only on their marriage. Those who weep or who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possessions. Those who use the things of this world should not become attached to them. For this world, as we know it, will soon pass away. And here's what it says. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married, has never been married, can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. But if a man thinks he's treating his fiancée improperly and will inevitably give in to his passion, let him marry her as he wishes, it is not a sin. But if he decides firmly not to marry her, then there's no urgency and he can control his passion. He does well not to marry. So the person who marries his fiancée does well and the person who doesn't marry does even better. What exactly is he talking about here? Well, he's talking about this and it's pretty simple to understand. When you... When you are married, you have a much deeper responsibility. 
both to your spouse and, your, and to your family. And your attention is naturally pulled away from doing all of what God wants. And you do what God wants in your marriage, but your attention is split oftentimes. And he's saying you can actually be more productive as someone who's single. You can, which brings me to my first point. Singleness is not a stage of life. I want you to hear that. Singleness is not a stage of life. Singleness is not a part of life where you're in a holding pattern and just waiting to get married. It's not less than. I want you to hear that. Being single is not less than. And we don't need to pity people who are single as if they're missing out on something. Okay? We don't need to pity those people. Here's what Paul says. He tells us that there is value to being single because we don't have responsibilities of spouse and kids if you're single. You can explore God's gifts and talents for you if you're single. You can learn about yourselves in deeper ways when you're single. And single people often can do more for God than married people can do. Let me give you a good example. When at, before I got married, I went on three different mission trips. Okay, the first one was like, a, let me see if I like this, and I went to Oklahoma. All right, I went to Oklahoma, and it was a really cool thing. It was a really awesome trip. I went there for a week. And then you fast forward, I went to, I, I actually went to uh, Guyana uh, in South America. If you recognize Guyana, Guyana is where Jim Jones had his whole, he murdered 900 people in that cult. Well, I went there. And I went there as a, as, as a missionary, and I, I, I served there for about 20 days. And it was a lot of fun, and it was hard, but it was an incredible experience. The next year, I went, I went to England, okay? I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the, the only, and, and you may not know this, but at that time, only 3% of, of people in England were Christian, only 3%. Uh, in England were Christian. And so I went there. We did street missions. We did all kinds of things. I was able to do all kinds of things. I went to camps. I went to, I, I went to conferences with, with students. I did all kinds of stuff as a single person. All right? You can do more. You can do more as a single person. And you can explore your gifts and your talents. I knew that when I got married, me jumping on a plane and going somewhere for 30 days without my wife probably wasn't going to happen. Okay? Probably wasn't going to happen. I knew that. And so I did everything I could. I knew I was like, hey, listen, I need to take advantage of these things while I have this freedom. Okay? Now, when you go into the marriage area, it's, it's not that's a bad thing. It's just different. Your whole life changes. You have a different set of responsibilities. But while you're single, you can do things. And so what I'm going to tell you is, is this. Young people, being single is not a stage of life. You're not sitting around waiting to get married. Use what you have. Use the freedom that you have to, to do things, to take adventures, to do those things. Do those things. Go on mission trips. Look and see what your gifts and talents are. Try new things. Be adventurous in that and see what God has for you. A lot of us as single people sit around and wonder when, you know, you're going to, you know, meet Mr. Wright or Miss Wright. Okay. And you don't need to be doing that. You need to be exploring, exploring what it is that God has for you. And who knows, maybe along the way, God will bring you somebody, but who knows, maybe he won't. Maybe he won't. Maybe he's calling you to do other things.
Because, and here's the second thing, marriage cannot become an idol. Marriage cannot become an idol. And today, you guys, America is obsessed with relationships and marriage. They are. There's reality shows. Are you ready for this? The Bachelor. (laughs) Let me just say this right now. And I mean this with all my heart and all my soul and all my strength. I am so thankful my wife does not watch The Bachelor. What a wretched soul I would be if she did. The Bachelor is this. Let's put like 20 ladies and a dude and see who can make out the most in two or three weeks. And then they talk about how they're in love. I don't think so, Scooter. I don't think you're in love. I don't. I think you're in lust. Yeah, I don't think you're in love. The Bachelor. There is one good one, Married at First Sight. So during the quarantine, I was on the treadmill and I'd run out of things to watch. I love murder mysteries. And I'm scrolling through and I saw Married at First Sight. And I have to be honest with you, I only watched this when I knew Wendy and Blake were not going to be around. And I watched the whole first season of Married at First Sight. I did. I did. You know, they got married. Doug and that lady got married, all right? And they're still married today, seven years. They're still married. They got two kids. They live in Florida. I follow them on Instagram. I wish I was joking. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I follow them on Instagram. I did. So how about that? How about that for honesty? But let's go on to more important things. Marriage boot camp. Marriage boot camp. Here's another one. 90 day fiance. 90 day fiance. Now here, this one was the most interesting one I found. Apparently there's a show called Marriage or Mortgage. I don't know. I got both. I got marriage and mortgage. But apparently you can choose between marriage or mortgage. I don't know. There's one called The Wedding Coach. I don't know what that is. All right. Here it is. It's okay to desire to be married. If you're single here, it's okay to desire to be married. Young people, it's okay to desire to be married. Just don't make it an idol. Don't make it the end all of end alls. I promise you, don't make it the end all of end alls. I thought what we would do today is two of my favorite people in this school, uh, they, they teach in this school. I asked them, they're both single, they're both godly, godly people. And, uh, I, well, Maddie's godly. Mike is still kind of sketch. But anyway, um, um, so anyway, they, I asked them if they would be willing to come and share a little bit of their experience today. Okay? So I would like for you to welcome to the stage Maddie Detweiler and Mike Danielson. Come on up, y'all. I'll bring these over here. I'm going to bring these over here. Y'all can sit down right there, and I think we're going to go with this mic. Did I mess it up? Hello. Am I doing? There it is. There you go. Here's that. We'll go with this mic in the middle. Mike, you know how to do it. Turn it on. All right, Mike's the music guy, so he knows how to do it. So I'm going to come over and get a stool. 
They made me send them the questions, which I was totally ticked off about. I've changed the questions, though, so I'm just kidding. I didn't change the questions. I wouldn't do that to you. I'm actually going to read the questions off here. So, Well, first, guys, thank you guys so much for being here. All right. Aren't you guys shocked that Maddie is not married yet? With Mike, I'm like, yeah, I get it. But with Matt, with Matt I'm just kidding, Mike. So, but, hey, listen, this is very funny. Before we, you know, we have security people that get here about 9.15 and they kind of roam the place and make sure you guys are all safe. And, um, and one of the security people came up to me today and said, hey, man, I, I don't know what's going on, but there's this guy in there. It looks like he may need money. He's in your office. You may take care of him. I mean, <laughs> and I said, no, that's just Mike Danielson. He's the music guy. I do need money. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. I know, right? I know, right? So, hey, introduce yourself. Maddie, introduce yourself, sweetie. Like what I do? Yeah, like where you're from, what you do, those things. I gave you these questions. You should be ready. You did, you did. All right, go ahead. Um, you also told me not to memorize them. So I did tell you not to memorize them. was what I did not do. Yes, awesome. Um, so my name is Maddie Dettweiler. I teach 7th through 12th science, um, more biology, not chemistry. Uh, for fun, I'm very outdoorsy. Uh, I usually take my dog to the dog park. I'm a little bit obsessed. I did make her an Instagram, and I think her Instagram's better than mine at this point. Um, I like sports, uh, so if my height didn't give it away, I do play basketball. I played college basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have a lot of siblings, so I'm very extroverted. So anytime I'm around people, I'm happy. That's awesome. Mike? Cool. My name is Mike Danielson. Um, I teach music and drama and New Testament and a whole lot of other stuff here at uh, Central Christian School. Yeah. Um, I moved here from Georgia. I mean, moved to moved to Georgia a little while ago. Yeah, uh, from Florida a little while ago um, uh, to pursue this job here and to start a new life here. Awesome, awesome. Mike has recently gotten into guns. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What are you getting me into here, Pastor Barry? <laughs> um, he is. Uh, Mike came a couple times uh, to our men's thing, and he actually came to shot shot guns. Because that's what guys do. Women have conferences. Guys go shoot guns. And uh, um, Mike, can you tell them uh, about your costume that you wore to Florida uh, whenever we had costume day here? Mike, tell them about your costume that you wore all the way to Florida. <laughs> okay. Um, what was the event that we even had at school that day, Mr. Harrell? Was it like Flag know. Day or something? I think it was Flag Day or something. Something like that. We were having Spirit Week. Um, and, and we had to dress up for every uh, different day. And so for that day, since it was a patriotic theme, I had um, I have this pair of shorts that's like an Apollo Creed. Yes. You know, from Rocky Four, where he comes yes. out singing, Living in America. Yes. Um, yeah. So had that, had a had an American flag jacket with little stars on it and yeah. American flag shirt and, you know, a top hat and um, yeah. uh, some kind of, I think. Boxing probably, gloves? Yeah, boxing yeah. gloves. Had yeah. that too, had that too. Um, had Mr. Um, Mr. Harold's AR-15 that he loaned to me. Yes. And yes, I did take a picture with it. And, yes. Um, <laughs> and he drove to Florida in that costume. <laughs> and he stopped at gas stations in that costume. Nobody's wondering why I'm single at this point. <laughs> no, no. Everybody's like, okay, we don't get the girl, but the guy, we got it. All right. Um, listen, here is a serious question. What's your biggest struggle being single? What's your biggest struggle? Go ahead. Maddie? Um, I would say it's understanding why there is a season of singleness. Um, so a lot of times mm-hmm. it's easy to trust God with like the very mm-hmm. big things in your life. 
or like the very tiny things like when I lose my keys I'm like dear lord if you could just help me find these keys that'd be great in the next second like I find them um, but it, when it comes to dating, a lot of times I'm just like, all right, I got this. Like, I know you created everyone, but I think, like, I can handle this by myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, like, the ability to trust that there is purpose in being single and that, like, every step I take, God has a plan for my path. And just because I don't understand it in this moment doesn't mean I'm not going to understand it in the future. Awesome. What about awesome. you? Awesome. I think that my biggest struggle over the course of my young adulthood has been not just finding somebody to date, but finding somebody that's an actual good match. And I think that's something that we don't talk about uh, often enough in Mm -hmm. churches, and maybe we don't understand where some of the the problems in our, uh, I'll just say for my own personal experience, um, some advice that's been told to me has been, you know, and it's usually, sh- it should be good advice, like, oh, just go find a, a, a girl at church, and I'm just going to be frank with you, because you were talking about the rates of church attendance yes. going down, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, it is not easy to find somebody that, that is young, that is my age, that is at church, so they're in high school, you know, you get more of those kids, and then they go off to college, they go somewhere, mm-hmm. um, and then by the time they come back, they're usually married already, so mm-hmm. for me, it's like trying to find a place that, um, that has a lot of singles, you know, because like my parents would say, like, how many singles do you need? You you know, you just need one. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is that why you, um, is that why you subscribe to farmersonly.com? Farmersonly.com. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and J-Date too. (laughs) All of them. I love it. That's Um, so funny. Go ahead. And so, because, and also there's, there is a proliferation of churches, in my opinion. So, where it used to be, I feel like, where people would go to one big church. Mm-hmm. Now, there's little pockets of churches here. Yeah. So, I've been through seasons where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to this one. I'm going to go to this one. I'm going to try to, you know, uh, establish myself. And it's hard to, you know, establish yourself at any one particular church that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you guys, can, Maddie, can you share your experience with church as far as being single at church like how that and I because I know you go to a larger church right you go to Passion City Church uh, she lives in Atlanta and right outside of Atlanta so she goes to Passion City Church how has your experience been going there compared to maybe a smaller environment um so I went to a very small church growing up I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania um so I was born and raised in the church and there it just seemed like a list of do's and don'ts so a lot of times it was like don't have sex do hurry up and find someone and marry them. And I went to a Christian college, and, like, I think the expectation there is you pay to find a husband. And when I would come back (laughs) and visit my four years, they're like, oh, did you do it yet? And I'm just like, get my degree? Is that what we're talking about? And they'd be like, no, did you get, did you find someone? And I'd be like, oh, no, I've been uh, studying. And immediately it's just like the, oh, well, Mm. I'm sure you'll find someone soon. And it's like, I don't need sympathy because I know that I'm single for a reason. And so the big transition to going to Passion is they're very good at um, providing opportunities like for young adults. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the reasons why you're single is to pursue God. And so it's like during this time, I have so many capabilities to pursue God. And Mm -hmm. I think Passion does a really good job at Mm -hmm. enabling you to pursue that. So I led a young adult college group. And... I'm sure I would have been able to do it if I was in a relationship, but I wouldn't have been like 24-7 mm-hmm. accessible all the time. And so I think they do just like a great yeah. job at saying like, 
because you're yeah. single, this is how we're going to use you, and we're going to use you um, as much as we can. Awesome. Awesome. What about you? Well, in talking about, picking back off her answer, about small churches versus big churches, um, in my experience, I feel like the smaller churches tend to be more conservative, which is which is more in line with my thinking mm-hmm. and, and my personality, um, and less politically correct, which I also uh, enjoy, obviously. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, I know. Uh, but I've also found that going to some of the larger churches, mm-hmm. like and you were talking about watered down Christianity mm-hmm. and and Gen Z being more being more woke, being more politically right. correct. Mm-hmm. And so there there are more opportunities there, but um, it is harder because I think that this generation is starting to lean uh, in that direction, yeah. you know, and hey, more power to you. That's great. If, if, if you're like that, I'm I'm definitely not not those things. Mm-hmm. So finding a match has been a little bit of a challenge in that way. Yeah. So here, let me ask you this question. What what um, is it difficult when people try to sit you guys up with people? Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> So I got to be honest with you. I'm 0 for 2 with Mike. Mm-hmm. I'm 0 for 2. So this is a funny story. So the first one, the first one didn't work out. All right. Godly girl. He should have made it work out, but it didn't work. Mm-hmm. The second one, the second one, he didn't even get a date. All right. And this is the true story. The second one not only blocked Mike, but blocked me on Facebook. <laughs> That's how bad it was. <laughs> He's being honest. He called me and said, Pastor Barry, I don't know what's going on. Can you? T-? And we talked about it. And I was like. Dude, I'm blocked too, man. So apparently, I don't know what you said. I have no idea, but thanks a lot, bro. But anyway. Okay. Can I give them a little bit of context for this? No, no, no. Anyway, Maddie. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Mike. Mike. Because I feel like she's getting the red carpet treatment here a little bit. (laughs) And y'all are just like, poor old Mike over here. That's right. That's right. He's hopeless. And by the way, no, I'm not hopeless. Thank you. No, he's not hopeless. (laughs) Anyway, um... So, yes, the first girl was a very nice girl, but she happened to be seeing somebody, or at least around the same time. And we're still friends. We still uh, connect awesome. and chat with yeah, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the second girl, uh, we had a g- nice conversation, and then it turns out she went on my Facebook and started scouting my yes. political opinions. Yes. And oddly enough, she decided that I was too liberal for her, which um, yes. Mr. Harrell would think that that is hilarious. Yeah. To say Mike hilarious. is liberal is... Uh, Mm-hmm. Absolutely not true. <laughs> Let me just leave it at that. He is the opposite. Okay, we have to reel him in sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Facts. Like the whole AR-15 with the suit. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, we do. So. Right. Is that all the context you want to give? That's it. Are you sure? I'm good. So she was the, crazy, by the, the way. No, she was, she was not crazy. She was. She was not crazy. She was not crazy. No. She watches this live stream probably. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Lynn, listen, Lynn, can you block her? All right. From the live stream from church, please, please God block her. Um, yeah. So here's the question. Y'all go ahead, Maddie. Go ahead. Okay. I just want to answer it real quick. Um, so I think a lot of times the problem with people setting you up is that you're not like theologically prepared mm. for a relationship because mm. it is like 
you have to be very strong in your faith because there's like a list of things, a list of lines you can't cross. And if you're not strong in those faiths, those temptations are going to be even greater. Mm-hmm. And so, Max, I told you I was going to call you out. So this is my time where I'm calling you out. Max? <laughs> so Max is in my anatomy class. He wants to be a nurse, which is awesome. But uh, if I got in a serious accident, I promise you I would not call you tomorrow and ask you to be my nurse. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Like anybody else, probably, except for Max. Not you, Max. Um, But in the same way, it's like we're expecting people that aren't prepared for a relationship, like tomorrow to be Mm -hmm. in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so we're setting them up for failure because they don't have everything that they need in order to be successful with a partner. And it's like whenever you're running to be in a relationship, it's like you're running on this race to God. And there's going to be cute people that pass you, um, but it's like if they're not running alongside you at the same pace and continuing that stride, yeah. then you just kind of like let them need, like let them pass. Exactly. And exactly. so we're expecting like just random people to come and join the race whenever they might be ahead of us or they might be behind us, and it just mm-hmm. gets into a really sticky situation. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and don't ever forget, you guys, crazy trumps cute. All right, just I'm just going to throw that out there. All right. Right, Mike? Amen. All right. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, If you don't know what I mean by that, um, you know, you can get in a lot of trouble only looking for the exterior of someone. Okay, you can. And um, you need to really, really make sure that you make the right decisions as it relates to uh, where they are spiritually, emotionally, all those things before you go into a relationship. I think you guys are starting to see with them to why, one, why they work here and why we love that they work here. Uh, they were both two new hires this year, and we begged them, please don't go anywhere, and they're, they're going to be here next year, which we're so excited about. But the bigger thing is, is these two people sitting in front of you, young people, you guys looking here, all you young people, and those who are in college, listen, they are very comfortable in their own skin. Are you with me? They are. They're very comfortable with where they are in Christ. They're very comfortable with where they are in life. They're very comfortable in their own skin. So what they're bringing to a relationship would be 100%, not 50. Are you with me? And so that's why we wanted them. And so I want to ask you guys, knowing that, and this is the last question, give some advice to some of the younger people that are here. Give some advice to them on what you've been through, what you've learned. Can you guys do that? Either one. Go ahead. Um. Like what he said, and it, and I, I was kind of giggling, but it's also a very serious thing. Uh, crazy Trump's cute, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we talk about um, a lot of things, and you know, um, marrying somebody, like whether or not you know they're abstinent, whether or not they're waiting for for marriage, whether or not they're they're in church a lot. Um, and mental health is a very very real thing on both ends you know are you bringing trauma into your relationship Mm -hmm. and is the other person bringing trauma into their relationship Mm -hmm. and what um, I heard somebody really ask a good question the the other day they said that when they're on dates they say they ask the other person after when they're comfortable um, what are your traumas and what are you doing to heal them so you don't take them out on me all right yeah Wendy should have asked that question of me. She should, she should have. She should have said, what are your traumas? Yeah, anyway, that's a great, I mean, seriously, that's a great thing. Because Let me give you an example of that. And I share this openly and honest with you guys. I don't, I don't hide this at all. But one of the things that I think I probably got it through heredity, but, but anxiety and depression is something that I just struggle with. Uh, my whole life I've struggled with it. 
And uh, that's been something that Wendy has had to help carry a burden. They, they say you marry what you need, and I married a therapist. So, but, but, but Wendy has had to carry that burden with me, and she had to know that and be prepared for that. And I had to be aware of that. And at the time I got married, I wasn't aware of it. And so that's been a struggle that we've had to kind of work, work through. So it's a great example. Maddie, what about you? Um, I would just say to put your trust more in God, which I know is easier said than done. Um, but one of the big things that I do is, like, whenever I'm starting to talk to someone, um, if I see it going somewhere, I just, like, say a prayer that, like, God, if this isn't right, then can you just take them out of my life or, like, give me a feeling that it's mm-hmm. not right. And there's this one person, and they, like, by the book on paper, they were perfect. Like, mm-hmm. they were very strong in their faith. They were attractive, but something was off. And so I was talking to my friend about it. I was like, I don't know if it's just, like, me being extra picky because that's the way I am or if it's, like, just not right. I was like, so I think I'm going to pray about it. And that night I was like, I don't want to be extra picky. So, like, if this isn't right, then you need to take him out of my Mm -hmm. life and let him do it. And the next day he texted me and was like, we need to talk. I was just like, all right. So he came over and he's like, I don't know what it is, but just something's not right. And I don't think it's fair that we continue this. And, like, that night I was like, okay, Lord, um, next time when you answer me, can you, like, wait a day and then maybe <laughs> answer me? <laughs> but God will answer if you, like, That's just right. say that prayer. You just have to be trusting in his response. That's right. That's exactly right. All right. Give them a hand, you guys. Isn't that great? Thank you all. Just put that mic back over there. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> Thank you all so much. They're going to be in the back. Uh, they're going to go back to their seats, but in the, after this is over, they'll be in the back. You can go by and hang out with them, talk to them. So the question I have is, I'm going to wrap up right now. The question I have is, is what's the church's role? What is your role? What's your role in this whole scenario? What's your role? Well, let me tell you what your role is. In Titus, here's what it says. In Titus, we'll bring that up. It says, that's for you, Titus. Promote the kind of living. Now, this is about relationships within a church, within a church. It says, as for you, Titus, it says, Promote the kind of uh, living that reflects wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to exercise self-control, to be worthy of respect, and to live wisely. They must have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and to be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the world. Word of God in the same way, encourage young men to live wisely, and you must, and you yourself must be an example to them. Must be an example. He said, Titus, you have to be an example to them by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of the teaching. And then it says, Teach the truth so that your teaching can't be criticized. Then those who oppose us will be ashamed and have nothing uh, bad to say about us. What can we do for single people here? Can I tell you what we can do? People that are married or people that are older in their faith can pour into those people. They can pour into people that are single here. You can take them. You know, one of the things that, that we know here, and, and I'm going to call them out because they, they do such a great example here. But, but one of Maddie's mentor here at the school is Miss Maine. Miss Maine and Maddie are so, so tight. And, and Miss Maine has taken Maddie kind of under her wing and has loved her through this whole year and has been her counselor and has been her friend and on and on and on and on and on. And, and, and Mike's, Mike's, uh, Mike's mentor has been Mr. Harrell. Mr. Harrell has taken Mike under his uh, wing 
and uh, has kind of walked with him. Um, he has, he has we just hung out with him, done various things with him, and poured into him and mentored to him as one godly man to another, helping him and building him up. And that's exactly what we're supposed to do. That's the response of all of us in the church. We're not supposed to let the single people come in here, or even these young people come in here without connecting with them. Listen, just because there's a kid who's 19 years old in college doesn't mean that you as a married uh, older person can't connect with them. What you're going to find out is, is that most of the time, most of the time they want you to connect with them because they're here. I think about, I think about Mike and Maddie both. They're both here. Well, their families are way off. Their families, Maddie, your family lives in Pennsylvania, right? Her sister lives there, but the rest of her family lives in Pennsylvania. Mike's family all live in Florida. They're here and they have no connection as far as family goes. They would love to have an older brother and a sister. They would love to come over to someone's house for dinner. They would love to do those kind of things. They would love a grandma and granddad here that's kind of adopted grandma and granddad. And you can be that. That's the attitude that we need to have to love those people. That's what we need to do. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be people that love on the church as a whole. And we need to make sure that these kids stay here through their singleness in no matter what God calls them to. If he calls them to be single forever, if he calls them to be single for, for you know, just the time, whatever, we can't look at that as, oh, you're less than until you get married. We have to look at that as this is a prime, prime place where they can, where they can connect and can really, really learn and grow. And we need to make that easier, not harder. Are you with me? Are you with me, you guys? Yeah, thank you guys so much. Can you give them a hand again? That was really awesome. Thank you all so much. Listen, I'm going to ask our praise team to come on back up, and I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Praise team, you guys come on back up. Lord, thank you so much for who you are. I'm so thankful for Mike and Maddie and their willingness to come here today to teach us what their struggles are, to teach us what what they have observed, what they need. Lord, we want to help them not be a hindrance. We want to make it easier, not harder. God, teach us as people, uh, a lot who are married, a lot who have kids, teach us as people to love on them the most, the best and most appropriate way, to welcome them, to help them learn, to help them grow. Just like Paul said to Titus, be an example for them. That's what we want to be, God. And so, Lord, I ask that you would do that. I ask that you would give us the wisdom to love on people and and really love on people that are single. Let us be examples for our kids who are in high school right now of what a godly man and a godly woman is. And, Lord, as, as we see their lives changed, we won't take the credit for what you're doing through us. We'll give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and have a final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.